This morning's gospel reminds me of a silly little time in my life. It was when I was four years old, and like most four-year-olds, I was pretty silly in a lot of ways. But during that time, my father traveled often for business. And whenever he came home, he'd try to give us a little gift. Usually it was just like a, a little candy bar or something. If it was a big trip, maybe a toy. And I remember this particular time, he brought us roasted salted peanuts. I remember it was planters, because I was fascinated by the Mr. Peanut on the cover of the tiny little bag. It was five cent, 10 cent bag at that time, not huge. It wasn't just what you get on an airplane. He actually did buy this. And he gave a bag to myself, to my older brother, and to my sister, the middle child. And as most four-year-olds would do, I did my best to eat them right away. I needed some help getting the package open, and then I just scarfed them down. And I guess I had never had salted roasted peanuts before, because I thought they were amazing. <laughs> I just, it was like my little mind was exploding. It was like, these are so delicious. They're salty. There's kind of sweet in there. It's better than peanut butter. Wow. And all too soon, they were all gone. Well, I also remember that my dad came home at almost our bedtime. And so after brushing teeth and all that stuff, it was right to bed. And the next morning, my brother and my sister, being older than I, went off to school. And I was four, my mom didn't work outside the home, so I stayed home and got to just do my usual four-year-old goofing around the house. Now, this was back in the 1960s, and there are two things you need to know about that time. First of all, children were what we now call free-range. That we were loosely supervised, and we got to do all sorts of things. As a three-year-old, I climbed to the tops of trees that my mom had no idea I was in. That sort of thing. And one of the pleasures of that is that now all these years later, my brother and sister and I get to terrify my mom by telling her what we used to do on her watch. <laughs> the other thing you need to know is that spy movies were huge. James Bond-type movies were huge. And on TV, there were all sorts of spin-offs from those. There was a show called Secret Agent Man, all sorts of things like that that would show these spies in action. And I was only four, so I didn't pay any attention to them except the opening credits that op interesting music and sort of cartoons. And then my parents and my brother and sometimes my sister would watch those while I played on the floor. But I sort of absorbed the ethos of these spy movies and how it worked. So I'm playing along on that morning after the gift of peanuts, and I'm thinking about, man, those peanuts were amazing. I, it was just like I couldn't get it out of my brain how wonderful these things were and totally unknown until that night before. And as I'm playing around in the room that I shared with my brother, I spotted on his dresser his bag of peanuts. He had been a responsible eight-year-old and was saving his till, you, till after school. And I was thinking, oh, I wish I'd saved mine. Oh, this is so unfair. Oh, I don't have peanuts. Oh, what am I going to do? But I tried to just keep playing. But those peanuts kept calling out to me. Peanuts! Peanuts! And I was finding it harder and harder to resist. 
And I knew I shouldn't take them. I knew I shouldn't eat them, certainly. But, oh, peanuts. This mysterious new food. And I actually started to think, well, my brother's older than me, so he's probably had lots of peanuts in his life. And so these aren't as special to him as they are to me. And I ran through all these different thoughts of how to justify eating his peanuts. And then I thought, well, if I do it right here in our bedroom, my mom's likely to walk in before I can even get that package open. So I won't take the peanuts. Started to play some more. And I thought, well, wait a minute. I could go outside. I could go outside with the peanuts. And then my mom couldn't stumble upon me eating the peanuts. If I go outside, I could do this. And then I thought, well, what if she sees me going out? She might ask me what I was going to do. And I'm a four-year-old, so I'm not thinking, well, I could lie. I'm just thinking, oh, why'd she ask me? So then I thought about those spy shows. I thought, well, those spies, they, they almost become invisible. They sneak around all the time. So what do I have to do to be a spy? And I thought about what do all the spies that I've seen for 10 seconds at a time on TV have in common? They have a trench coat and they have sunglasses. So I realized there's no four-year-old size trench coat in the house. <laughs> but my brother has a bright yellow rain slicker that would cover me in the same way. Bright yellow. So I think, okay, I'll put that on. And then what, let's see, sunglasses. My dad always keeps a spare set of sunglasses on his counter in, in the, my parents' bathroom. So I was smart in this way. I didn't put on the raincoat yet. But I snuck into my parents' bedroom, into their bathroom, and took the sunglasses. Then I headed back to my brother's mind's bedroom. I pulled out of the closet the big yellow coat. I put that on, and I slid the peanuts into the pocket. I think, I'm invisible now. No one can even see the peanuts. This is genius. So I started to head out. But before I stepped out the back door, I put on the sunglasses. Big Ray-Ban, black frame sunglasses. And so then I go outside and I go sneaking. I mean, I'm literally walking like this because that's what I saw people do on TV when they were sneaking. And so I'm sneaking across our pretty large, for a four-year-old, backyard, and no one in our neighborhood has fences. So I'm sneaking across in this bright yellow coat on a hot, sunny day with sunglasses on as a four-year-old, thinking, no one's going to pay any attention to me because <laughs> I look like a spy. So I sneak to the back of our yard where there's a split-rail fence, and consequently, because this is pre-weed eaters, it is surrounded by about two-foot-high grass. And I, I had already planned this part out. I snuck into the grass and sat down, and then, true, no one could see me. I was below two feet high when I was sitting on the ground. And then, pulled the peanuts out, and I have to admit, I struggled to open that little cellophane package. And I don't know if I was struggling because of guilt or lack of finger strength, but I had trouble opening it. And finally, got it open, and I took a big breath, and I started to eat those peanuts. And of course, they didn't taste quite as good as I remember, because I'm already thinking, how am I going to get back to the house? But that doesn't stop me. 
I eat all the peanuts. And I jam the wrapper into the pocket of the raincoat. And I sneak back to the house. Thinking, no one can see me. I have the sunglasses on. I have the big yellow slicker on. No one can see me. I step into the house, go up the couple steps into the kitchen, thinking, I still have the sunglasses on, I still have the coat on, so no one can see me, even inside the house. And there's my mom. And she says, what were you doing in the backyard in a raincoat? <laughs> she had watched everything from the big picture window that overlooked the backyard. She didn't see me in the, in the grass, though. So, of course... I burst out crying. <laughs> the four-year-old's defense when the youngest in among a set of siblings is at the drop that being able to cry because everyone gets softer then. No one hits you as hard if it's a sibling. Parents don't yell at you as much. So I immediately burst out crying, and my mom was now completely mystified. I mean, she was used to seeing me do weird things like pretend I was a dinosaur walking across the yard or being a cowboy or any number of things. So she just thought I was doing one of my weird little imagination things. So, why are you crying? I ate my brother. I ate David's peanuts. <laughs> she was still mystified. <laughs> okay, you ate some peanuts. What's the big deal? She had no idea of the guilt I was feeling. She had no idea of how much work I put into doing this bad thing. But she being a hero, my dad being a hero, she has told my dad, said, but better pick up some more peanuts on the way home so David has his peanuts. And so I didn't get beaten up by my big brother. That's the best part of this story. But this is a great example of how we interact with God when we think we're full of sin or when we think we're full of bad things or we're unlovable or we want to hide from God. We're like a four-year-old in a bright yellow raincoat sneaking across an empty lawn. We are always visible. That's part of the point of this morning's gospel about God as a woman looking for the lost coin, God as a man looking for the lost sheep, that God can always find us. And what's neat is that when God does find us, there isn't yelling. Instead, there's rejoicing no matter what we've done. In the beginning of this passage this morning, it talks about the Pharisees criticizing Jesus for hanging out with sinners. And this was not some little literary technique that the Gospel of Luke was using. It really is bad people that were hanging out with Jesus. These really were people that were mean and nasty and and broke laws, and did all sorts of bad things. But Jesus was rejoicing that they were coming to God and were going to be, therefore, able to change their lives. So wherever we are in our spiritual journey, on any given moment, on any given day, we should know that, first of all, God can see us like we're wearing bright yellow slickers. But also, God is loving us and loves us when we turn to God anew.